what we think it is really worth it to just try out some of these tools and figure out what works for you. Literally just experiment with them, which as a scientist should excite you, of course. Mm -hmm. Just experiment a little, see what works for you, what works in your workflow and how you would like to use them and find something that fits you. Yes. Ultimately, also, it, the responsibility for the correctness of the information that you put in your papers is, is still on you, right? It's your name on there. No one has ever blamed the calculator for, you know, mistakes. You are the person. They'll take the fault for it. So yeah. you should also be the person incentivized to make sure that it's good. Yeah. And with that, we think that some of the tools we recommend can really help you make sure that the, the information is correct more easily than ChatGPT. Welcome to the 75th episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. We are a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anybody science adjacent, and perhaps even hobbyists. My name is Susanna, and I'm here with my co-host, Jaron. Hi. Today, we are discussing AI tools in academia. JTPT has been around for a while, and it has shaken things up quite a bit. But did you know that there are more specialist AI tools for scientists? In this episode, we want to go over some of the best and most useful AI tools you as an academic should consider using to make your life much easier. So let's start. Okay, well, let's dive right into the topic. Why do we think AI tools are relevant for academics? Well, of course, AI tools have been dis uh, developing way faster than anybody could have predicted. And it's becoming more and more pre prevalent in academia. Really, whether people want it or not, it is being used for, for writing, literature research, note-taking and much more. So there's really no stopping it anymore, I would say. No, indeed. And on top of that, it can also really just help you as an assistant so that you can focus more on the important tasks that you have going on. It can also help you make your academic workflow and your overall process for writing and publishing more efficient and just overall easy, easier, which, would, well, let's be honest, who doesn't want that? For sure. And lastly, it can really function as that assistant that I just mentioned earlier, but only if you use it correctly. So be, keep in mind that the responsibility does ultimately fall on the researcher. Yes, exactly. And that leads us right into also the discussions that are around about AI tools. Um, there are some pros and cons, of course. We are really of the opinion that it's always best to make an informed decision about things and experiment a little with AI tools. Uh, and then make your own decision about what you think of them and where you would want to use them and where not. Yeah, in addition to that, it's already becoming quite pervasive, both within and outside of academia. And you really don't have the option of just ignoring it anymore or burying your hand, head in the sand. It's sort of like the typewriter versus like the computer, right? So uh, at a certain point, everyone switches to, com to the computer and you you if you want to be useful in the workforce or have a future job, you're going to have to learn how to work with it, sort of. Yes. Yes. And yeah, in addition to that, there are also some valid concerns, I would say, when using AI, both in terms of security and privacy with regards to your information. Scientific information is still quite new and uh, innovative and kept kind of hush-hush at the beginning. So be sure to, to not give all your information to whatever AI tool you're using, because you don't know how, how they're going to share that information or look into that information or whatever. Yeah, one of the main concerns with AI is that there's really no policies yet about how it can share the information that you give in it yet. So I would, I would definitely be very careful for mm. that. And now another concern people often use is that AI could be very easily used for fraud. Mm. Um, then, of course, we were talking about fake news with fake images of, uh, of Obama doing things. 
but the also pope. <laughs> the pope yes but also in in science people fear that it could be used to do this but then people who would commit fraud with ai are already committing fraud in other ways mm. and i really don't think that adding ai or not is going to make people who have good integrity and good are good scientists commit fraud or vice versa so i think that's more on the people than on the ai mm. um again responsibility for making sure that everything that is in a paper is correct is on the researcher and everything should be fact-checked. And also really important is that a lot of AI tools such as ChatGPT can hallucinate or make up information. We'll go into how this works later a little bit more, but sometimes it just says things that are really not true or it can use information from sources that were already faulty to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to always check sources. And how to exactly do that, we'll get into more when uh, we talk about the AI tools themselves. Yes, and in addition to some of the other concerns, uh, some people also mentioned that it can, well, reinforce biases such as highlighting papers or, or research that is open access or might be published in more privileged countries. And to that, it, that's not really the tool's necessarily necessary fault. It could just be that we need to push for more open access across the board. Um, which is always a good thing, right? I mean, having access to more information is always good. Yeah, yeah. That uh, not open access papers are anyway less accessible for mm. for some less privileged countries. So it would anyway be better to go for open access. Yes. And yeah, in addition to that, some people also say that writing and reading are very necessary skills as an academic, which I would be inclined to agree with. But so you shouldn't outsource them necessarily to like AI tools to help you do those kinds of things. And I would say yes, but maybe also consider the fact that things evolve over time, right? Like how we consume media and information changes. Uh, Twitter made 280 characters a thing. Uh, audio uh, books and podcasts made audio information a thing. So I think AI tools can help us consume information in a different way as well. Yeah, that's a development that we really cannot stop anymore. So yeah. basically we just have to go with it at this point. Yes. Okay, now the big um, elephant in the room that everybody has heard about is, of course, JetGPT. We are also big fans of it and we use it a lot. We actually have JetGPT 4 because we also use it a lot for content generation and image generation. And it's absolutely great for that. But there are some pros and cons to JetGPT. <laughs> um, now, first, before we start talking about that, a quick explanation of what JetGPT is and how it functions. It's a large language model which is trained to, to create text. That means that it falls under generative AI, which is all the AI tools that generate new content, as you will, and not just gives you a yes or no answer on a question, basically. Um, and it predicts the likelihood of the next word in a sentence. So it it's predicts if sentence makes sense if a new word makes sense in mm. the context of the sentence that was already going on. And that can sometimes also mean that it can hallucinate because it would make a lot of sense for, for example, a gene that is involved in cholesterol metabolism to be highly expressed mm. in the liver because in context that makes a lot of sense because the liver is a very important organ for cholesterol metabolism. But that doesn't mean that it's scientifically true, mm. but it is something that JetGPT might tell you. And has told you in the past, no? Yeah. That is a real life example indeed. Yes. <laughs> it made me doubt my entire yeah. life's work. <laughs> Years of research. Yes. No, but uh, yeah, no, indeed all that. But also we 
there's also just a lot going on in terms of like how much people are discussing ChatGPT and how popular it is and how it's being applied in academia. Uh, there are a variety of nature papers that do surveys on academics, postdocs, tenured professors and such to see how they're adapting to the this AI tool, how it's currently being used for, for example, grant writing and stuff like that, uh, which we could make an entire episode about just on that. But uh, there's a lot of information on that as well, if you want to check that out. Furthermore, we also want to touch on some of the limitations when it comes to using ChatGPT for academic use. There are a couple of big ones. Uh, these include the, the, again, what Suzanne already hinted at is that it's a prediction model, so it makes up the sentences based on what it thinks is most likely and not what is actually scientifically accurate. So be aware of that and, uh, and actually double check what it's providing you. It can make your life easier, but ultimately, again, the responsibility will fall on you. So you want to double check that everything it's giving you is accurate, that you can use that. Next up is also the the challenges that come with the citing any information that ChatGPT gives you. It tends to just sort of give you the information, but not really where the source came from. Uh, and if it sounds plausible enough, you might just believe it. So that's also a thing that we'll come back to as well. You don't... Additionally to that, it also can make up sources. Yes. So I at one point also asked it to give me a list of papers that I was an author of because uh, I told it I was working cholesterol metabolism, that my name was Susanna. Uh, and that I wanted to know the list of papers I wrote. And it came up with some really nice cholesterol-sounding titles with really important, famous people in the cholesterol field that all of a sudden my name was as first author uh, of. So it completely made up these very real-looking references. Yes, but it is a prediction model, so who knows? Maybe you'll still be in those <laughs> papers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> just throwing it out there. <laughs> Okay. Now, another thing with ChatGPT is that it's quite a blank canvas and that you need to give it prompts and give it context uh, to do a specific task and that you basically need to teach it to get the best output that you want it to do and that it cannot do really specific functions. Now, you can fix that a little bit with the, the custom mm. GTPTs that are now available, which we have also tried out. We have tried out the consensus and the... A couple of other ones. But we found that oftentimes the custom JetGPT still send you to the original tools website. And because of this, I would actually say that we don't recommend JetGPT4 for scientists. Mm. Just because we think for content creation and things like that, it's absolutely great. But for science, you really need something that, that cites its sources, that shows you where it comes from so that you can check it yourself. And there's just better free tools out there that you can use for that. So maybe a bit of a unpopular opinion, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't, we don't recommend JTPT for, for, or JTPT4 even for, for science because there are better ones out there. Yes. And yeah, one of the free tools that we would like to mention in this case. That uh, we do recommend. Yes, is called Insight. Is This is especially a good tool if you're a life scientist and you want to dive into a topic and learn more about it and work on it a little bit. It's a great tool that lets you, I think, also chat with your papers, but also dive deeper into the topic. It can also help you figure out, basically kind of create hypotheses that are based on like the, the information that uh, is there and explore more papers based on the topic as well as you dig into it. So I did this with the topic of my, one of my papers and it just, it, it came up with some good suggestions. It was like, yeah, I remember talking with my supervisors about uh, this should be the follow-up for this. So not bad. Yeah. And of course, it's always 
on you as a scientist to make sure that you know your stuff and mm. that you can concur that yeah. these are good ideas. But it, sometimes it can just be helpful to talk with an, an AI tool mm. and come up with some new ideas that maybe um, you didn't have yet. Yeah, because it just to bounce off your ideas, right? And get, yeah, that's always good. For sure. Uh, the next free AI tool that we do recommend uh, is either Perplexity or Consensus. They are quite similar. They're both research assistants. They're quite similar to JetGPT in the sense that they are just chatbots that you can have a conversation with. But a really important difference is that they are less likely to make things up because they have been taught to actually only use information that is findable on the internet with a big caveat that information findable on the internet doesn't of course have to be true <laughs> but at least it shows you then also the sources that it came from so you can check where it got that information and check its sources and see if that's reliable information and that's already such a mm. massive upgrade over what JetGPT does now you can also have consensus i think as a plugin mm. a, cu a custom yes. GPT. um but you can also just use the free tool on itself and it works really well. And it's also uh, something that we do really recommend. Yes. And that brings us then to our next tool, SciSpace. And SciSpace is also somewhat of a research, but also kind of a writing assistant. Uh, it has quite a variety of little functionalities added to it. So it also has uh, article summarization. So you can just uh, add your PDF of an article uh, into it. And you can then ask it questions about that specific article. Uh, it can also help you reword sentences to make it sound a little bit more academic as well. In addition to that, it can also help you if you have that specific article that you want to create a reference for. It can help you create it in different styles. So the citation and adapt it to whatever citation style you need for a journal. It also has an AI detector, apparently. I haven't tried out that feature yet. I don't know how reliable I did. It. Oh, you did? And how... AI detector shock. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, sorry, SciSpace, but uh, yours is not worse than any of the other ones. No, fair. But that's also the thing. Was this the one that... Uh, had yeah, a I, I added a paper from 1998 <laughs> oh, and yeah. it was 40% likely to be human. Yeah. <laughs> it could be worse, could be better. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but so uh, SciSpace has a lot of different tools that can help you in quite a different uh, variety of ways. I also like that you can ask it full questions mm. and that it don't start searching the literature for uh, any papers that might answer your question yes. instead of just having to fill in keywords and then sort of hoping to find a paper that that answers a question yes okay the next tool that we really recommend is research rabbit and that's an actually really interesting one because that doesn't fall under the gen ai tool it mm. falls under the normal ai tools because it doesn't create new information so even if your school or whatever has rules about not being allowed to use gen ai then research rabbit should probably still be okay uh, because what it does is it makes a map, a mind map, basically, of all your papers and connects them via references. So you start out with a couple of papers uh, that you're, for example, collecting for a research, of a literature review mm -hmm. uh, or a research paper. I've also used it for that. And then it starts showing connections and it starts also adding papers that are in the same field mm. as your other papers. And then you can find these new, pa new papers. You can also sort them on dates so that you can only look for the newest ones. You can look for which papers are the most referenced one in your field or on a specific topic so that you can find the base papers that you really want to reference. Mm -hmm. And you can also learn a lot of information on the authors via this tool because it's 
it just connects a lot of the information that is out there on papers. And it's really, really powerful. And I really recommend it. It just really helps you also to not miss miss a paper mm. when you're doing literature review. It's kind of important that you don't miss a really important paper. Mm. Uh, and it really helps you with that. No, for sure. And especially if once you get a sense for like what those fundamental papers in like the field are, especially if you're just getting started with a topic or stuff like that, that's really handy. Uh, no, for sure. 100% agree on that. And I think the last tool we want to recommend is Jenny. So it's really more, this one is really more of a writing assistant. So it really helps you write through your research paper, literature review, whatnot. Also kind of similar to SciSpace, it has the ability to add citations and also chat with your articles and stuff like that. So also really powerful, really nice. Uh, I just wish that they, we talked about this before, that it, it integrated with Word or like Google Docs, because that would be amazing. Yeah, that's the only last good thing is that you actually have to type in their document. Yep. What I do really love is, I don't like my, my entire thing to be written by, mm. by AI, I don't no, want that. Not. But what I do love is that if I pause for a little bit longer on a certain sentence, halfway through the sentence, mm. because I'm still thinking about how, how to word a good sentence and how to end it, that it then gives me just a recommendation of how to end it. Mm. And then that's oftentimes not really the direction I wanted to go in in the first place. But it does give me Sort of this, this, this moving forward mm. feeling of, oh yeah, no, I don't like this, or I do like the sentence structure, but I want to say this instead. Mm. And then it really helps me to not get stuck in just yeah. five sentences in an entire afternoon of writing. It really helps me keep moving things along. And even if my first version of my sentences are then not perfect, mm -hmm. that, that, really, that really helps me very well. So I do really love uh, Jenny. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we've tried it out and it's great uh... Uh, with that said, there are also other AI tools that are also doing really innovative and cool things out there. Unfortunately, not all of them made the cut of, and they don't really have a free version, so we didn't include them in the list for today. Uh, but there are AI tools that try to help you find funding and much more. So definitely keep an eye out for more AI tools. And if there are any more that you think we should definitely know about, please let us know. We, we would really mm -hmm. love to know about them so we can talk about them as well. Yes. Also really interesting is that quite soon we'll have a course coming up about AI for scientists and for academics, about how to use them. And we'll have a lot more cool AI tools in that course as well as, as more practical tips about to how to use them. So if you're interested in that, sign up for our newsletter. You will find the link in the description or it is the strugglingscientist.com slash newsletter. <laughs> and then you can sign up and we'll keep you up to date about when this course will happen. Yes. Yes. Then let's talk about some of the practices of in, uh, integrating AI in your academic work. Well, we think it is really worth it to just try out some of these tools and figure out what works for you. Literally just experiment with them, which as a scientist should excite you, of course. Mm -hmm. Just experiment a little, see what works for you, what works in your workflow and how you would like to use them and find something that fits you. Yes. We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools. Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph. Completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with 
when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. And I mean, ultimately also, it, the responsibility for the correctness of the information that you put in your papers is, is still on you, right? It's your name on there. No one has ever blamed the calculator for, you know, mistakes. It's you need to be the person. You are the person. They'll take the fault for it. So yeah. you should also be the person incentivized to make sure that it's good. Yeah. And with that, we think that some of the tools we recommend can really help you make sure that the, the information is correct more easily than ChatGPT. Another one is to use it as an assistant and not as a guide or supervisor. Don't don't just blindly follow it, basically. Make sure you check mm. that if it comes up with an idea, that you make sure that it's actually a good idea before you start promoting it or start writing it in your grant proposal. Um, keep using your brain, I would say. Yes, and I guess lastly for that is also just we want to encourage a balance between finding sort of the efficiencies, finding the ways to optimize your your academic work with the help of AI assistance, but also still you're still the researcher, right? You still need to be an independent thinker. The AI will not come up with the new stuff. You It just helps you do the, the tasks that need to be done. The You still need to write it down. It can help you make your writing a bit better, more legible for people. It can help you phrase it it can help you with a lot but it cannot write your paper completely from scratch for you no for sure not so then that brings us to our basically our last segment and that's where we get to ponder the ramifications of ai moving forward in the future <laughs> of academia as it were uh and like i guess as we mentioned there are a kind of new ai tools popping up every day there's also just a higher demand placed on academics to be more productive. And that's always been the case, right? Like with every new tool or new way of doing things, it's like suddenly becomes easier so we can do more of it. Mm. And just because of that, you others will also just start using these AI tools to be more productive, to make their life a bit simpler. Uh, and if you're not doing it, then you're kind of just not keeping up i guess you're making yeah. your life way harder than it's it needs to be such a competitive field yes. academia oh. yes and when when it doesn't need to be for you as the academic right like you can get assistance from this tool if you learn how to use it and that is going to take a little bit of upfront cost but it is important that's not to say that we agree with the way that academia just no. keeps pushing more and more and more and more. <laughs> just to be clear, we, yeah, no, of we don't not. like that. No. But um, sadly, we do think that because of AI, this is going to this is gonna increase. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was already a nature paper or a nature article on like, there are authors apparently that publish hundreds of papers per year. It's like that, that, that's not clean. But I also then wonder what your contribution to science actually is in each of these papers. Yeah, exactly. Just like. But that's a whole other problem. That, another episode. <laughs> to end on a little bit of a better note, mm -hmm. um, AI will only get better. And I often see people saying, 
that the first generation AI that we're using now will be the worst AI that we will ever use. Mm. And it's already pretty amazing. So I'm kind of excited about what the future will bring and how it will be integrated in our daily lives even more. And maybe at some point also in our lab equipment and then we get robots that pipe it for us. And that would also be very, very cool. Your pipe will tell you that it's (laughs) (laughs) off-calibrated. Well, that happens a lot, so (laughs) yes. Yeah, so it will only get better and it will only get cooler. And I'm pretty excited about that. Also for the world of science and for academia, because even in this past year, so many cool tools came Mm -hmm. out that it's a struggle to keep up sometimes. Yeah, and now there's also AI going to be trying to be integrated in hardware like your phones or other tools. It's, it's, It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. I do want to quickly say that even though we have been in the past sponsored by different AI mm. tools, this episode is not sponsored by any of them. So all of our recommendations are, of course, just our recommendations. Um, but even for the ones that we do sponsor, we only we only accept the ones that we really do think is cool and that we think will help our audience. And so, yeah, that's just a message. Yes. Okay, for our listeners, if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, you can reach out to us via thestrugglingscientist.com. You can also check out our website to sign up for the awesome Journal of the Struggling Scientist, a.k.a. our newsletter. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then leave us a rating on your favorite podcast listening platform as this helps us reach more struggling scientists and then we can help them (laughs) with cool AI tools, for example. (laughs) You can also follow us on social media. Jerome, which ones are those again? X, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Yes, very nice. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you again next time. Bye. Bye. ChatGPT has left the chat. <laughs>